Anyway, today is a, a very significant day because uh, of what's happening in Southernwood. But uh, it, I, I, just driving here this morning, I just really, I just really sense, I told Sonic, uh, there's like a new season for us. I really, I really sense there's an acceleration happening in the spirit. There's an increase uh, coming because God loves people. He absolutely loves people. And, uh, and his heart is to impact lives. So I'm trusting that this morning, God's going to move us on the inside. I am, I, I, I'm moved. I was moved yesterday, walking in Southernwood, connecting with people, handing out chocolates. And it was just really good just to connect with people. You actually need to get out there. And I, I've said it before, but we need this. We need this. We need to get out of our comfort zone, and we need to get onto the streets and just connect with people. And it's amazing how open the people are, how receptive they are. It was just lots of fun. It was just really, really special. But I believe God is he's doing something in the Spirit. And, and so I've been speaking this series about the Spirit-empowered church. And this morning, I want to speak to you about piercing the darkness. Piercing the darkness. I, I am moved for this nation. I am moved for the people in Southernwood. I'm moved for the people in East London. I am moved when I connect with people and I hear their stories and I, I see the stuff they're struggling with. And, and I realize this is my people. <laughs> this is our people. South Africa, it's my country. East London is my city. It's our people. Everyone in this city, it's our people. doesn't matter the color of the skin. It's, a, it's black or white, colored, Asian, whatever else. It doesn't matter. God loves people. And he wants to move us. He wants to move us in our hearts. He wants to move you in your heart. He wants to pour out his compassion into you and me. Because that compassion will move us to do something about the darkness in this world. Would you agree with me? There's darkness in this nation. There's evil at work in East London, in this region. And, uh, and God wants to do something about that. I'm also moved when I think about just what God has done in this church. I am moved of the stories, you know, just in this week, some people WhatsApp me, just send me a message, someone that committed their life to Jesus about six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, someone that hasn't been in church for like 10 years and backslidden and far from God, and, and he just sent me a message and say, my life is transformed since joining this church. And he says he loves the people in life group, and they're so real, and they're so genuine, they just want to follow God. It was just so encouraging me, as if me, I was like, ah, oh, it's a good day to get this message. <laughs> it's a good day to get an encouraging message. So just a reminder, whenever you have something encouraging, send it to me, steer it for me. Please do. In my line of work, we get confronted with the problems of people. But it's the successes, it's the breakthroughs that motivate us to keep going. And, and so it was just beautiful for me to, to read that message and to hear how this guy is experiencing the church and the life group and the people. I was like, yes, it's working. But, w 
how do we pierce the darkness? How do we pierce the darkness? How do we, how do we push back the darkness in this city, in this region, and in this nation? I want to answer that question this morning. How can we? How do we? How, how will we do it? What is the solution? Because sometimes when we look at, for instance, when I sometimes look at darkness, I look at the issues, the problems in our society. I'm looking at, you know, the crime and we look at corruption and we look at, you know, so many people battling with fear and depression and we have rape and murder and alcoholism and you may, we can name so many things, poverty, etc. When you, when you look at these things, it's, it wants to steal your faith. It wants to, it's like, oh God, how are we going to turn this around? Have you ever felt like that? How are we going to turn this around? When you're confronted with the realities out there, how are we going to turn this around? And then I'm thinking, okay, what is the solution? And yes, the church is the solution. It's God's solution to this world, to this nation. And then I'm thinking, okay, let's look at the church. <clears throat> oh, Jesus. Okay, so we... <laughs> Quite passive, church in general, people, Christians in general, passive, lukewarm, not really praying, you know, uh, not on fire for God necessarily. Some are, obviously, some are not. Um, then you start chatting to people and they realize Christian people, oh, sin, oh, the people in church so bound by sin and darkness and issues and challenges. And then I'm like, Okay, God, how the heck are we going to do this? <laughs> how are we going to turn this around? If even the body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ, isn't overcoming, or it doesn't feel like there's just so many people battling, wrestling on, on, on a personal level, how are we going to turn this around? So, I mean, how the heck, God? <laughs> okay, and this is a very depressing start to a message. But I have incredibly good news for you this morning. I really feel God has revealed to me, just brought fresh revelation to me again, how to push back the darkness, how to overcome, how to see lives one by one transformed, moving to communities and cities. And as I was, I, 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 I want to I take this, there's a few people I wanna, I'm going to be touching on. The one is Moses this morning, he's one of the characters I'm going to be speaking about, Moses. The other one is Jesus. And Moses is like an example also of Jesus, but Moses is also an example of us. Then there's a third part, it's called the devil or darkness or the kingdom of darkness. And this all has impact on us, on you and me, on us as individuals. Okay, so I'm going to share a few things that I'm trusting is going to encourage us, but will also give us some keys, how we can push back the darkness, how we can, can, can truly, truly overcome it. Okay. So I want to take you to uh, Moses' story, right, to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 3. To give you some background, the Israelites, they were in Egypt. There's hundreds and thousands of them at that time in Exodus chapter 3. And then in Egypt, the Pharaoh, the, the kingdom, they started to oppress the people of Israel. So they became slaves. For hundreds of years, they were in slavery, in slavery, in darkness, in slavery. And then Moses was in Egypt. Now, Egypt represents the kingdom of darkness. Okay, you must just follow me. The kingdom of darkness is Egypt. Today, it's a nice place. But that, then it was the kingdom of darkness. Okay, so the kingdom of darkness. Moses was in Egypt. 
And then he fled. He accidentally or he killed someone and he fled out of Egypt, went into the wilderness, into the Saudi Arabia area. And he was there for like 40 years. And so now he's just a shepherd, like a shepherd. He's looking after sheep, his own people, his family, his loved ones, brother, sister, and, and his, his, his people, the people of Israel, his, the Israelites were in Egypt and they were slaves. And enslaved and in slavery. And here's Moses, he's out of the kingdom of darkness, but he's, he's in the wilderness and there's nothing happening. It's like, he's the shepherd boy, shepherd man, he's like 80 years old. And I'm, I'm like thinking, I could just imagine if I was Moses, I'm like, okay, God, Egypt, darkness, my people are in slavery. How are we going to turn this around? So I can just, I mean, if I was Moses, he, certainly I can't change it. And then God comes to him. So I'm going to take you through his story. I'm going to speak about the spirit-empowered church and how we can push back the darkness. I believe Moses is an example for us. So in Exodus chapter 3, verse 4. Well, let, me ask, let me ask this question. Who's afraid of the devil? If the devil himself would appear in your room one dark Friday the 13th evening, just after you've watched Nightmare on Elm Street and all the other fun movies, would you be afraid if the devil appears in your room? Everybody, raise your hand if you would be afraid. Okay. Awesome. Let me ask you this question. What gives the devil or evil in this world power over you? Okay, fear. I think it's part of it, yes. Lies. Deception, true, death, yeah, possibly, say again, situations, yeah, I mean, challenging situations can impact us, yes, absolutely. Yes, you give him power over your life, if you don't take authority over the evil, okay, that's true, I agree, that's part of it. That's part of it. I want to answer this question. How can we, how can you and I completely remove all power, all authority that the enemy has over our lives and then moving into our communities and then moving into our cities? Can we? Is it possible? I'm going to, I'm going to show you. So I just first just want to just get to this, the turning point in Moses' life, the burning bush. So God comes in Exodus 3 verse 4, so when the Lord saw that he turned to look, God came down and the bush was burning, okay, so there's like a fire in a bush, and Moses saw it, and then it says there, and God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. So God spoke, and he called him. Okay, so we have a scenario, a nation in darkness and in slavery. God says, how am I going to turn this around? He starts with what? A person. 
It always begins with a person. So God comes and he calls. I'm trusting this morning is going to be a burning bush experience. Where God's going to do something on the inside of us. That we're going to hear his voice call us to make a difference in this world and in the darkness of this world. So then he calls, Moses, Moses, Dion, Dion. (laughs) Here I am. (laughs) Or Slim, Slim. Yes. (laughs) We've got something good starting here. Something good starting here. Eh? Bread, bread. Here I am. (laughs) But he, he started off by calling him by name and saying, Moses, Moses. And Moses turned and he came to the bush so God could speak to him. And in the next verse, next verse, it says, And the Lord said, I've surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. Just, just there, just go, just keep it there for a moment. So it says, God says, I have seen. And God says, I have heard. And the Lord says, I've heard, I've heard their cry and I know their sorrows. And it reveals to me the love of God. So God, I mean, even just yesterday, walking in Southernwood, I, I can sense God's heart for this community. And I, I, earlier, about a month ago, I just really felt God tell to me, I love East London more than you can imagine. I love, I love the city. I love the people of this place. All colors. All classes. I love them. And I believe this reveals the heart of God. He's saying, I've heard. I've seen. I know. God knows what you, God knows what you are going through. God knows what you have been battling with. Every tear you have cried. Every bit of confusion you've ever experienced in your life. Everything you've gone through. Every disappointment. Every time you have lost hope. God knows. He's heard. He's seen. And he loves. And in the next verse, he says, And so I have come down. Let's say it. I have come down. I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land. So God is saying, I have heard, I've seen, I have known. And because of my love, I have come. Moses, I have come. Your people, I've heard. I have come. And I'm calling you to go. Isn't that amazing? It always begins with, the love of God, and then it translates into, the, into a man or a woman or a child that has the burning bush experience where God says, now go. Go and drive out the darkness. And what is Moses' response? Uh, okay, God, no. <laughs> you, you must be kidding me. I mean, just think about this. This was, I mean, hundreds of years of slavery Darkness reigning in Egypt. Pharaoh was the, 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 the most powerful empire in, at that time in the, in the known world was Egypt. This, this, this terrifying leader called Pharaoh. Merciless. Moses was there. He knew. And he's saying, God, no. I can't do this. I can't, I can't talk. Um, send someone else. 
How often do you and I feel like that? Um, God, someone, send someone else. Send the pastor. He seems to be sometimes know what he's doing. Send someone else. But, but, but look at this. It's so powerful. God, God could see differently than Moses could see. So Moses' heart and mind was full of darkness. He didn't have faith. He didn't ever, even have a little bit of faith. You see, when the commissioning comes, when God comes to you and me, and when he commissions us, he tells us, now go. Most of the time, we don't have the faith for it. You know, when the Lord tells us, go, like we're going to Brazil now, end of the year. Go to Brazil. That's the word. We have no connections yet, but now we have connections. We're going to be ministering. That's going to be amazing. Large church in Brazil. We're going to do incredible revival meetings. It's going to rock. But have I faith for it yet? Not really. But I know if I start walking the path, by the time I get there, I'm going to have the faith. Or like the Lord lays on heart, okay, go do Southernwood. Go plant this church. Go impact that community. And the more you get involved, the more you realize, we're creases. This is not, this is not, this is next level challenges. I don't know if I have faith for this, Lord, but I'm going to obey you. I have a little bit of faith. I have sufficient faith to turn and to move in the direction of doing the will of God. And I know that as I go, I'm going to get faith. My faith is going to increase. I'm going to see the hand of God. I mean, that's what happened to Moses. He was terrified. This mighty empire, Egypt. What is the result? God destroyed that nation. In the end, Moses was like, yeah, God, you, yes. <laughs> this is easy. But Moses started off in his heart and in his mind, there was darkness, unbelief, doubts, unbelief. But all he had to do was say, okay, God, I can't see it yet, but you're telling me, so I'm going to do it. And then just start walking that journey. So I want to encourage you, whatever God calls you to do, Whatever he lays on your heart, when you start off, it's going to be super freak you out. You must be kidding me, God. But I trust you. And I know that you are bigger and stronger than I have ever imagined. And if I just start walking this road, I will grow in faith and I will see the glory of God. And that's what happened to Moses. God did mighty, mighty wonders. Next verse, verse 20. Because Moses is speaking to God. He said, how are we going to do this? They're not going to believe me. Pharaoh is not going to let them go. And then God says, so I will stretch out my hand. And I will strike Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in its midst. And after that, he will let you go. You see, God's always been into doing wonders. Do you know how many times in the Bible it says the word marvel? And they marveled. Marvel Comics, it's cool. But the real deal is when God starts moving on a next level. That is, what, that is what God wants to do. He wants to show his wonders. He wants to stretch forth his hand. He wants to strike, not people, darkness. He wants to strike darkness. So I want to show you a video clip of a guy called Lecrae. He's a rapper. From America, gospel rapper. I just want to show his five minute testimony of how he came to Christ and how um, the Lord commissioned him now to bring redemption to cities and nations. 
Let's go. Ray was a small child. His father abandoned him and his mother. I wrestled with a sense of self-worth and, and, and am I even valuable uh, because my dad decided, you know, drugs would be better than hanging out with his own son or, or, or staying with me. He found a sense of belonging in the hip-hop culture on the streets. My uncles were young and um, wrapped up in the streets and, you know, gangs and drugs and, and just promiscuous. And I idolized it. It was a, I mean, it was just a, I wanted to be the gang member my uncle was. I wanted every tattoo he had. You know, I saw my first gun and all these different things. And I was like, man, this, is, this must be what it means to be a man. And I'm just sitting on their laps soaking all this stuff in like wow you know and so i was like you know a child of rap and hip-hop just seeing this world come up around me in his teens lecrae realized something was still missing i knew my ways were unfulfilling you know i chased power i chased pleasure i chased possessions i chased um, just something satisfying and i knew i kept getting let down i knew it was it was insanity and i was never going to find fulfillment, but I didn't know what else to look for. He kept a Bible in his car as a good luck charm. One night, police caught him trespassing and in possession of drugs. He was cuffed and sat in the police car waiting to go to jail. And the police officer goes in my car and he saw the Bible and he came back to the police car and he said, uh, son, you got a Bible in your car. And I said, yes, sir. He said, you know, you know what that Bible's about? And I was like, I need to. And uh, he said, I'm like, you know what, I'm, today I'm going to let you go because I want you to get into that Bible and I want you to start living it. And that really did something to me and that really, that really rocked me. And I, I didn't want to get in any kind of trouble like that again. He joined some friends at a Christian conference where he heard what Jesus did for him on the cross. And he talked about Jesus, you know, carrying his cross on the mount on, on, on Golgotha and, and, um, and just the, the, the turmoil and the pain that Jesus went through, that Jesus would take all that on his own back floored me and I said I, I, I don't want to live like this anymore and um, and I just bowed out and said Jesus I'm sorry and just broke down crying for a year Lecrae walked a line between college partier and committed Christian his life was spinning out of control and he knew it just cried out to the Lord one day I said God I feel like um, I'm gonna kill myself or kill somebody and I said please just just stop me before it gets to that point. I said, stop me. Do whatever you got to do. Just don't kill me. He was finally stopped in a massive car accident that left him evaluating his double life. I came out without a scratch. You know, my car had flipped over. It was dented in, damaged up. And here I am without a scratch on me. And I said, okay, God, I need to, I need to change. Later that night, he gave his life completely over to God. Oh, I was radically changed to realize that I had been living a lie, to realize that I was unsatisfied and I would never be satisfied until I came to Jesus was so revolutionary for me that I wanted everyone to taste it. I wanted everyone to see how awesome God was. Lecrae typed out his testimony and handed it out on his college campus. He talked about God to anyone who would listen. And I was proud. I was proud to have my story on that piece of paper. And I got laughed at and I got called Jesus freak and Jesus boy and, you know, all kind of stuff. But I was changed. Before long, he learned he could blend his passion for God and his ability as a rapper. I thought that God and rap would never work. I thought that God wasn't okay with rap. 
you know, people knew I used to rap and I went to the Bible studies and someone said, uh, hey, why don't you, you know, rap about Jesus? And so I just on the spot, I just came up with the rap about Jesus and uh, and they were like, man, that was good. And um, and I was like, wow, Lord, maybe you could really do something with this. He began ministering to kids in juvenile detention. I ended up there for three years every weekend, just sharing my heart and sharing scripture and rapping as their praise and worship on Sundays. His music has spread around the world. His newest CD, Rebel, debuted at number two on iTunes. But his purpose goes way beyond selling CDs. I want to use my art form to encourage the movement in the church to say, hey, let's engage the city. Let's rebuild the city. And so that's really where my heart is, is to, is to rebuild cities, is to see the city come to Jesus. And if you don't know them, you're missing out on purpose, meaning, and life in general. And so I'm passionate about seeing people spend eternity with them. He's awesome. The love of a father that he missed as a child, he now finds in his relationship with God. He's just loved on me when I felt like I didn't deserve love, when I felt like I was unlovable. I'm really grateful, and I feel fortunate to, uh, to have a, a huge family that is, is beyond race, creed, culture and have a father who shepherds us all. And when I think about that, my mind is blown. I, I mean, there's nothing like it. That's a good story. But there's a, there's a trend there where first God calls you out of darkness and then he sends you to, to bring others out of darkness. That's, that's how God operates. And I believe that's what God wants to do this morning. He wants to come and release something in our hearts, as he did even with Lecrae, a commissioning on the inside. I want to see a city changed. I want to see a community transformed. So, okay, let's get to the root issue. <clears throat> I want to give you a picture. A picture of what evil looks like. Evil, darkness in this world is like a tree. A huge tree Big trunk, lots of branches and fruit. Okay, can you see it? Big tree, huge tree. And we find it in our communities, we find it in our cities and in this nation. And the fruit of this tree is all the bad things that we see. For instance, corruption and greed and, you know, all the things. Broken families, broken marriages, Sickness in people's bodies, just lots of bad things. We're seeing all the fruit. How do we deal with this tree? How do we deal with this tree? If we look at this tree, and what most people do is we come and we start to cut off the, the, the fruit. And we cut off the branches. And we can just deal with those bad things. Then we feel better about ourselves. But what's the result? It grows back. It grows back over and over and over again. The fruit grows back. The branches grow back. Because in society, and I believe, unfortunately, most of the programs, most of the things we do in this world to, to deal with evil only sorts out the branches and the fruit. But we don't get to the root. We don't get to the root. And all those things, it's good things. I'm not saying it's bad things. You know, better education, sort out the economy, you know, all the programs from government, or community things, it's, it's good, we must do it, it's awesome. But are we getting to the root? What's the root? The root is, is simple, it's sin. It is sin. The root of evil is sin. 
In other words, I really feel God showed this to me this week. Evil grows out of sin. Where there's lots of darkness because there's lots of sin. And the sin gives the darkness access into a, home, into a home, into a community, into a city. Sin is like a disease. Have you heard of mad cow's disease? In the UK, lots of cows have the mad cow disease. It's a thing that impacts, that affects the brain. It makes cows aggressive. And after a while, it f- eats up the whole brain and then they clop over and they're gone. But sin is a spiritual form of mad cow disease. It affects the brain, it affects our thinking, it affects our outlook on life. But the root issue in this world, I believe every evil on the face of this earth, if you want to go back to the root, sin. How do I know this? Because the scriptures reveal this. Let's look at Galatians 1. Now hold, hold, stay, stay with me here. Galatians 1. I'm sure you've heard about the topic of sin before, but I want to... I wanna, Bring fresh revelation on this. It says grace and grace to you, unmerited favor, the goodness, the light, and the fullness of God to you, and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. And it says who gave himself for our sins. Let's say it. He, who gave himself for our sins. Why? So that he might deliver us from this present evil age. I'm like, wow. Okay, there's a connection there. So Jesus came. God was standing. He was in heaven. He was looking at the scenario. And he realized, oh, we can start. We, you know, the Old Testament law was just like trying to contain the tree of evil. Stop that. Stop growing there. Stop that. Don't grow there. Stop that. But it was always... The law couldn't satisfy, the don't do it, couldn't satisfy, couldn't deal with the root. So Jesus came, and he says there, and he gave himself for our sins. Because he wanted to set us free, that he might deliver us from this present evil age. Now listen to this. Sin is like, a, is like a homing beacon in your system. If, there, if evil was like a missile and is looking for a place to come in, if darkness was like a missile and was trying to get in somewhere, sin is the homing beacon. So you hear beep, 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 beep. No, there's no sin in this loss. Almost born, saved, almost. <laughs> but it's looking. See, darkness, is, they're looking for an access point. They're looking for, for a gap. Where there is sin, it's a wide open door with this massive sign on the roof saying, Come in here. Come and torment these people. Come and destroy us. And there's nothing you can do to stop it. Why? Because sin is there. The disease is at work there. And it gives access. It's the root. All evil grows out of this root and it's called sin. And it's not just what we do. It's who we are. 
You see, when you were born, when I was born, we were born as sinners. It's our nature. Three-year-old, you don't have to teach them to sin. They just do it. Selfish, me, me, me. We know we're born as sinners. It's our very nature. We are born as the Israelites were in Egypt in slavery. So we're born into slavery, and that's who we are. This is our very nature. We sin because we are sinners. We're not sinners because we sin. It's a nature challenge. It's a nature problem. So Jesus came, and he gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present Evil age, this is the love of God. Imagine, okay, you're in uh, Iraq. Uh, you went to do some community work there and reach out to people. You get caught by ISIS. So ISIS put you out there. I'm sure everybody heard about ISIS. People that kill people. <laughs> Chop heads off, torture people, and then post it on Facebook. Wonderful job. So <laughs> ISIS captures you. And they say, we're going to kill you unless you give us a lot of things. And so there's a negotiator that comes. This negotiator tries to negotiate your, the, 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 your release. Trying to negotiate, okay, what must we give you so that you would release this person? And then they say, well, the only way we will release this person is if you replace them with someone else. And we want you. And the negotiator, because he loves you. Because he's your dad. He loves you and he says, I'm going to take the place of my child. And so dad is taken by ISIS, brutally tortured and murdered in your place to save you. That's called love. When you say, Jesus did that for us. He said, if the only way, the only way I can set humanity free from this root of sin that opens the door of the gates of hell to bring destruction upon destruction... I must deal with the root, and I, get, I must give myself for, for the people. To deliver us from this present evil age. So this disease called sin, it messes with our heads. Mad cow disease, I said. It actually causes us to run away from God and our Savior. So imagine you're drowning, lifesaver, you scream, help, help, help me, help me. Lifesaver comes, and you go, ah, you're... Try and get away. You know, sometimes you speak to people and you would think, what? What? <laughs> I'm here to help. <laughs> and they run the other direction. What? Because the, the disease called sin actually causes you to go wacky in your head. And you run away. Or let's talk about Christians in the house. You loved God. You were passionate about Jesus, but you found yourself drifting. You found yourself committing things that you know were sinful. The result is darkness comes back in. You become enslaved again. What's the result? I don't feel like going to church today. I really don't feel like reading my Bible. Ah, man, I'm, I'm going to... And you walk away. Almost like insanity. The, 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 the disease of sin. Impacts our, our, our way of seeing and hearing. About a year ago, it was beautiful. I don't know if Lilani is here this morning, but her mom, she came, uh, she brought her mom, uh, and we prayed for her mom. She had a degenerative eye disease. So she, the, 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 the sight that she has lost 
She was not, never going to get it back, according to the doctors. And she had cataracts on both eyes as well. And she could add like really, really thick glasses. She could hardly see. So uh, Lalani brought her to me. And we prayed with, with her mom. And her mom was like, no faith, no expectation. Nothing, doesn't expect anything to happen. But I prayed for her and I said, okay, take off the glasses and see if you can read what's on the screen. And uh, she checked, I ah, can't see anything. No, no change. And she says, ah, well, God knows, you know. No expectation. No, let's pray again. Test it again, nothing. Say, no, no, third time, let's pray again. And we prayed again. And then she took the glasses off, put it back on. And next moment, she just started to weep. Because she, she could see perfectly without the glasses. And that same day, they tested it. Lilani put it on her mom's phone. The, the phone text size was on the, on the largest possible text. And with her glasses, she could just, just see it. That same afternoon, without the glasses, text, minimal, normal size text, she could see it 100% fine. Cataract's gone, healed. A year later, still healed. Praise God. Why am I sharing this? Because I believe that, that healing is a sign. It's a, it's a sign of what God does to us spiritually. The disease called sin stuffs up our thinking. And it stuffs up our eyesight. It messes up our vision. And it messes up our hearing. But when Jesus comes, he heals us. Not just physically, but spiritually. So that you can see. Oh, I never realized that Jesus is the answer. He's the answer. He is the truth. Even as Lecrae found out that Jesus is the only way to peace. The root problem in this world is sin. A sin nature that needs to be dealt with. So what does religion say? How do we deal with it? How do we deal with sin? Religion says, dead religion says, just stop it. Stop sinning. Okay, so can I just tell everybody now, stop it. Amen? Okay, say it, amen? Awesome. Done deal, let's go home. <laughs> no, we know it doesn't work like that. Just stop it. It doesn't work like that because there's a nature thing that needs to be addressed. And then beyond that, there needs to be Holy Spirit empowerment to stay on track. But so dead religion says, stop it. If we can just get the whole world to stop swearing, it'd be a wonderful place. That's what dead religion is saying. No. It's like, let's say you have a heart disease. You're dying. You've got one month to live. One month to live. Every day you go to a professional to do your hair and your makeup. You're looking stunning. But you're still dying. That's dead religion. It's say, just make sure you look good on the outside. Fake it. Especially in church. At home, hey, dopomas, lacquer. But in church, just look like a good person. It doesn't get to the roots. It doesn't get to the heart. And then we go in another direction. And this is where we try to earn our right standing with God. So we try to do stuff to make ourselves right with God. I'm in this week, I spoke to a guy and we had an email debate around Judaism. Christians that believe you still need to do the Shabbat 
and you still need to, um, I'm seeing them circumcised, I'm not sure, but it's like the whole deal. You need to do everything. And we had a wonderful debate this way and that way all about, about this. And I want to warn us this morning. I didn't give us some clarity on this topic. Because some Christians, in their sincerity, they say, okay, God, I want to be right with you. And I understand that. I mean, if you truly love Jesus, you want to be right with him. So if you should be doing the Sabbath or the Shabbat, and if you should be saying Yeshua and not Jesus, I understand that if that is so, and your heart is to honor God, you want to be made right in his sight, I understand. But what does the scriptures tell us? And what is at the heart of the gospel? Because it, it strikes at the heart of the gospel. If you are made right through your good works, why did Jesus have to die? If I have to believe in Jesus and do Shabbat, I'm adding something here. So I'm going to take you to a verse, Colossians 2. And this connects so powerfully with, with the whole picture of, of Egypt. God went into Egypt with Moses, struck the powers of darkness and delivered the people, and they went out. And then he publicly destroyed the armies of Egypt. Now look at this. It says, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So listen to this. So he's saying, having disarmed, having removed all power, all authority, that the evil, that the, that the powers of darkness have on the earth by publicly making a spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. What is it speaking about? It's speaking about the crucifixion. Publicly disarming, removing all authority, all power that darkness has. And I look at the next verse. Next verse. So, say so. So. Let's say it again. So. In other words, seeing that Jesus died publicly, having destroyed the powers of darkness because of his shed blood. Because he's done this, it's a done deal. Finished. Let no one judge you. In what? In food. In terms of should you eat like the Jews do? No. Or in drink? No. Regarding a festival? No. Or a new moon? Or a Sabbath? No. Don't do it. Because it says, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substances of Christ. Everything in the Old Testament is pointing, it's a shadow, it's pointing to Jesus. One day, you've seen Egypt, you've seen Moses, you've seen God, one day God's going to come down. One day God's going to come down in the flesh and he's going to set people free from the law that is external. It tries to make up, look nice, but it doesn't get to the heart. This is a massive trap for sincere Christians. I want to do what is right. I love God. But don't fall back into Old Testament law. And I'm told this guy, okay, so you say only Yeshua and other weird names that you can't say is legal. And say, oh, why is it that when I command demons in the name of Jesus Christ to go, that they go? Why, why, why is it? How many, how many demons have you cast out in your name? I mean, do you see the power of God manifest in your life? 
Or is it just an external, nice makeup thing? The Apostle Paul in Galatians says, You have fallen from grace, you who try to be justified by the works of the law. You're no longer a spirit-empowered church. You're no longer empowered by the Holy Spirit. You have now gone back to the old, to dead religion. Does it make sense? This is, this, is a, this is a major issue for some. The name of Jesus is powerful. Let's not go back to the law. Let's live by the power of the Spirit. I can't go into more details concerning it. I'll probably preach on it in a later stage. But the substances of Christ. What does it mean? That means when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for all your sin. So in other words, now the darkness comes. Beep, 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 beep. Beep, 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 beep. Can't come in here. She's been washed by the blood of Jesus. No legal access, no rights. Can't come in here. It's not about, have you sinned this week or not? How much good things have you done? I'm coming, missile darkness is coming in. Beep, 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 beep. Whoa, whoa. This is like Jesus. <laughs> this is, wow, I have no access. I can't come in here. So many of us ask, well, I mean, as I, as I ask this question, the devil comes into your house. What confidence do you have? The confidence I have is that all my sin has been washed away because of my faith in Jesus Christ. It's gone, devil. You have nothing in me. But now beyond that, Jesus has come and has given me his righteousness through faith. Because I believe in him, I am now as perfect as Jesus is and was by faith, it gives you incredible confidence. Not of what I've done or not done. It's about where I am positioned in Christ. It's something supernatural that happens by the Holy Spirit. And then you have the authority to move mountains and to address things. So look at this. Just want to end off with this. So, the lamb. The lamb. So I said there, or it was on the screen, sin gives Satan power to enslave us, but Jesus' blood sets us free. So when Jesus died on the cross, he hit it to the heart. Let, let, let's read Romans five twenty to 21, final scripture. It says, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. Old Testament law. The law came in. So we might know what is sin. But then it says, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Oh, that's powerful. Let's say it. But where sin abounded, let's say it. Where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So in other words, sin was overwhelming overflowing. But it says where sin abounded, grace abounded more. So where sin was present, darkness was present. So darkness was overwhelming. But now because of Jesus Christ, who was cut to the root, to the heart, dealt with the root of sin. And so there's a release of abundance of grace. 
I want to say to you, any place you go to, you see a lot of darkness, I want to tell you there's more light available to overcome it. Any place, any time. Where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. But Jesus came to deal with the heart, the heart, the heart. What do I mean? When Jesus hang on the, hung on that tree, he hung on a tree, the cross. Spiritually, he was taking an axe and he cut to the root of darkness, the tree of darkness, the tree of evil. So everybody else was focusing on the fruit and the branches and things. Jesus came, let me take this baby out. And he cut. He hit. And he hit at the heart and he hit at the root. The result is, and this is, good, this is the good news, the tree is withering. The tree is dying. Evil in this world is dying. It is withering away. The final one is when Jesus comes back. But it says in the scriptures that Jesus, after he died, after he ascended to heaven, he's sitting at the right hand of the Father and he's waiting for his enemies to become his footstool. In other words, he's done it. You have to see this. It has been done. Darkness has been overcome. But if we want to see lives transformed, communities transformed, and cities changed, we need to trust that the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, will hit the root, or in every person's life, the heart. It's not an external thing. It's a hard thing where the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you and it hits you, it cuts you to the heart. We say, Jesus died for me. Beautiful story. Someone told me um, in this week, one of the life group members, I think in Ravon's life group, um, they downloaded a message of mine, put it on a CD and they gave it to a friend. And this man uh, is a backslidden Christian. And so he thought it's a worship CD or music CD or something. So he's driving in his car and he put the CD in and there I am preaching. I think what a good experience that might be. But they tell me that within, while listening that message, the power of God hit him. And he started to weep even while he was driving. Someone else had to keep on driving. He had to stop and let someone else drive or something like that. But he, 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 the conviction of God hit him even as he just listened to the message. And that week he was back in church for the first time in years. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that the power of God? Hitting to the heart, not the external. You know, when I, when I became a Christian, I was terrified of the people in church. I was like, I made the prayer, but I was like, oh, Christus, these people are so holy. And I swear like a sailor. And I drink and I mess around and I do all this stuff. I can never be like these people. And then I remember the guy told me, don't worry, man. Just come to church. Come to life group. Come to the home group. God will do the rest. And he did. It was incredible. God transformed me from the inside out. By the power of his spirit. Because he cut to the roots. He cut to the heart. Amen. This is seriously good news. Jesus came not to condemn us, but to set us free. 
Jesus didn't come us to tell us, stop doing all these things. He said, come to me, let me touch your heart, and I will transform you from the inside out. You will find yourself, and I shared this before, but I found out I was truly saved in my second year at university. I was driving my dad's 4x4 at 130 kilometers per hour, and I rolled it three times on the N1 near Cape Town. And I remember that day I realized I was saved. Because I was with a friend, and we were driving, and the, uh, I turned lanes too quickly, and the car went top heavy, and it turned 90 degrees at 130, de- 130 kilometers per hour. And it's amazing how much time you have to think about life in that moment. And there's this moment of silence, and I remember I didn't swear. <laughs> Not one cuss word came out of my mouth. I got up there afterwards like, yeah. I'm saved. Because <laughs> if I wasn't saved, if, if God didn't transform me from the inside, some vile thing would have come out of my mouth. Because in that moment, you can't keep back. You can't hold it back. That day, I knew I was saved. And that day, God spared my life. And that day, I knew from that day onwards, I belong to Jesus. I am His forever. He changed Everything, but it's by the power of the Holy Spirit from the inside out. Not dead religion. So I want to show you a video clip. Lecrae, just some music for all the people with rhythm, a little bit of rap. With his story of what God has done in his life. So let's do it. True. I don't even really deserve to know you, but I, I'm a witness that you did this, and I'm brand new, so I, I'm ready to go, and I'ma tell the world what they need to know, a slave to myself, but you let me go, I tried getting high, but it left me low, you did what they could never do, you cleaned up my soul, and gave me life, I'm so brand new, and that's all that matters, I, I ain't love you first, but nah, you first love me, Come on. in my heart I cursed you, yeah. but you set me free, oh. I gave you no reason to give me new seasons, to give me new life, new breathing, no. but you hung there bleeding, you died for my lies and my cheating, my lust and my greed, and what is a man, huh, that you mindful of him, what, and what do I have, to deserve this loving, Woo. trying to make the moments last, holding Carry kindness, keep coming And your love is so unconditional Like get butterflies in my stomach I got the old me in a rear view Got a new me, got a clear view I was so dead, I couldn't hear you Too deep in sin to come near you But you drew me in, you clean me up You take me home, beat me up Before you do, just let me tell the truth And let these folks know that I done seen your love And it's everlasting, infinite It goes on and on, you can't measure 
measure it. Can't quench your love, they can't separate us from the love of God. There's no estimate. My face looked the same, a frame that rearranged, but I'm changed. The promise ain't the same. Your love so deep, you suffered and took pain. You died on the cross to give me a new name. Ain't nothing like I seen before. I got a beam of glory. I was low down and dirty, but you clean me, Lord. You adopted me, you keep rocking me. I'ma tell the world, and ain't nobody stopping me. Trying to make the moments last. Holding on to the past. But like a hero in a dream. Christ came and he rescued me. Now I'ma tell the world, tell the world, tell the world. I'ma tell it everywhere I go. Tell the world, tell the world. Yeah, I'ma build walls, tell the world. Tell the world, cast like radio. Great to have some background concerning his story, where he comes from. But he says, I'm going to tell the world, this is the solution to the evil in the world. It's this good news of Jesus that he cuts right to the heart, our hearts, and he sets us free. He sets us free. Sin is slavery. Jesus, his blood washes us clean.